And we're going to sing, sorry, we're not going to sing, we're going to read this whole psalm together. So Psalm 121. A song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. This morning we're looking at one of the most famous and one of the most well-loved psalms in the entire Bible, Psalm 121. It's a psalm that is so well-known and so well-loved that it actually has its own nickname. It's known as the Traveller's Psalm. It's a psalm that is all about journeys. And this morning, here we are, we're gathered together, not in the way that we would like to be gathered, but every single one of us is at the start of a journey. A journey that none of us has ever experienced before. A journey that has already changed our country dramatically and a journey that's going to change us as people and as a church as well. Just a few weeks ago, there were many things that we took for granted and now they're gone. And we simply don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what we're going to encounter over the course of this journey. I'm sure this morning you have all sorts of questions in your mind about the future. Will I contract COVID-19? If I do, will I have mild symptoms or am I going to need serious medical care? If I need serious care, Is that care going to be available? Or will the resources have run out? Some of you, I'm sure, this morning are worried about your loved ones. You're worried about how vulnerable they are. You're worried about how hard hit they're going to be if they get the virus. You worry that no matter how hard you try to shield them from this, you won't be able to keep the sickness away. Some of you are worried about your mental health. You're terrified of the prospect of weeks, maybe even months, of separation from your friends. Some of you are worried about putting bread on the table. Will I still have a job next month? It doesn't look good. Some of you are worried about your children. Their little lives have been turned upside down and you dread to think of the mental scars that they're going to have for the rest of their lives. Some of you are worried about your education. You've been working hard for exams, you've been getting ready, and now you have no idea whether you're ever going to sit those exams. This is the most frightening journey that our church has ever had to take. 
And so this morning we're gathered together, not just us, but brothers and sisters all across the planet, gathering together this morning, listening to God's promises as we get ready for this painful, arduous journey. And so I can't think of any better place to turn this morning than Psalm 121. Now, I want you to notice in your Bibles that the psalm has a title. It's a song of ascents. And as you flick through your Bible, as you turn from Psalm 120 all the way to Psalm 134, you'll notice that all of these songs have the same title. And that's because they're special songs. These songs would have been sung in the Old Testament on special occasions. Three times each year, there would have been a great festival in Jerusalem. And men and women and boys and girls from all across the country, they would have, been, they would have traveled, they would have left their homes, and they would have gone to the temple to worship God. As they did that, they would have been excited. But also, I'm sure, they would have been nervous as well. And I think it's helpful for us to try and put ourselves in their shoes. They knew that they were going to be on the road for days, maybe even weeks. Their roads weren't like our roads, even here in Donegal. They didn't have nicely tarmacked roads. They didn't have air-conditioned cars. They didn't have sat-navs to get them to their destination. They set out on foot. They walked mile after mile after mile on dirty, dusty roads. They faced blisters. They endured sunstroke. They put up with exhaustion. These journeys were incredibly difficult. And sadly, it's not hard, is it, to see the parallel with our country today. We face a long, painful, exhausting journey. And we don't know what sort of twists and turns we're going to face. We don't know what sort of dangers we're going to encounter along the way. So this morning, more than ever before, I think we can appreciate what this psalm has to say. Verse 1, notice in this verse the writer seems to be starting out on this journey. You can imagine how he thinks ahead and he thinks about the obstacles and he thinks about the problems that he's going to face. As he thinks about those problems, there is one part of the journey more than any other that fills him with dread. It's the hills. I lift up my eyes to the hills. You know, a couple of years ago, I read a book all about the history of of, um, Afghanistan. And especially, it was about some of the different wars that have taken place over the last 150 years. And in those wars, you'd have these huge armies, um, tended to be British armies, And they would march from India into Afghanistan and they faced all sorts of problems. But by far the worst problem they faced was the mountains. The mountains were so, so steep. They were so, so dangerous. And it was absolutely exhausting for those soldiers to constantly be watching their step. They were constantly on the lookout for bandits. They knew that even one false step on those mountains and they could end up in really serious trouble. The writer of this psalm, he looks to the hills, he looks to the mountains, he thinks about the danger 
And he asks in verse 1, where does my help come from? I wonder, do you feel like that this morning? Maybe earlier this week you were in Aldi or in Tesco or in Lidl. And maybe the paranoid thoughts ran through your mind. What have I touched with my hands? What have I picked up? Maybe you were wary about other people in case they had the virus and in case they got too close. Maybe this week you've been thinking about the worst case scenarios. What happens if I get sick? What happens if my family gets sick? Maybe you have felt completely and utterly overwhelmed in this last week. Well, this psalm tells you that in the face of such overwhelming fear, there's only one place you can possibly look. Verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There's a line that's so incredibly full of comfort. The maker of heaven and earth. The one who made the galaxies and the planets and the stars. The one who created the vastness of the Pacific Ocean and the enormity of the Himalayas. Is this God powerful enough to trust in the face of an epidemic? Of course he is. And what I want us to do this morning for the rest of the sermon is to look at what God says about himself in this psalm, to look at the care that he promises and to then take it to heart as we think about what we're going to face over the next few months. I want to say something at this point. It sounds like it's a criticism of the psalm. It's certainly not that. This psalm is very, very repetitive. There is one word that keeps on coming up again and again, but it keeps on coming up because God knows that we need to hear this word. It's the word keep. Now, sometimes it's translated watch, but it is the same word. Verse 3, he who watches over you will not slumber. Verse 4, he who watches over Israel. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Verse 8, the Lord will watch over your coming and going. And this morning I want us to think about this keeping or this watching that God promises. And I want us to to think about three simple principles. I want us to take them to heart and I want us to apply them to this journey that we've been called to undertake. So the first thing we see, God keeps with no interruptions. God keeps with no interruptions. And we see that in verse 3. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Like I say, the hills could be a really dangerous place. Having said that, if there was one place that was even more dangerous than the hills, it was the hills whenever it was night. 
Just think of some of the problems that you might have faced if you were going on this journey. Think of how those problems would be amplified whenever it's night. Bandits. How do you keep watch and how do you protect yourself when you can't see those bandits coming? Wild animals. Think of how they wait for people to fall asleep and then they pounce upon their prey. And and, and you can imagine some of the steps that your group might take each night to try and keep you safe. You can imagine they might set people to keep watch. And if they see any bandits coming or if they hear any wild animals approaching, they're to sound the alarm. They're to wake the camp up. Of course, there's a problem, isn't there? you're a watchman, you can have the best intentions in the world, but what happens when your eyes get heavy? What happens when your reactions slow down and eventually you drift off? What happens if you fall asleep at the exact moment that the wild animals or the bandits attack? It's a disaster, isn't it? But what about God? As Sam tells us, the coughing never wears off. The eyes never get heavy. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. Isn't that wonderful? If we were just to open our eyes in the midst of this crisis, I believe we would see all sorts of different ways that God has been keeping us already. Think of all of the ways in which he has blessed us over the last number of weeks. He's given us a government that has taken measures to deal with this crisis. He has blessed us with incredibly devoted doctors and nurses who will give everything to save lives. He's given us virologists and he's given us experts and they have given us all sorts of clear, concise advice about how to fight this disease. We as a country should be thankful for these things, but we as Christians should be all the more thankful because we know where they come from. We know these are part of God's keeping. And the simple fact is, over the next number of months, we're going to make all sorts of mistakes. We're going to let our guards down. There will be times when our leaders get it wrong. They make bad decisions. There will be Many's a time when we do not pray for one another in the way that we ought to. There will be times when we get so panicked that we take our eyes off the world around us. Or sorry, we're panicked because we can't take our eyes from the world around us, but we do take our eyes off Christ. And yet, in the midst of that, we have a God who never drops the ball, never lets his guard down. He watches and he keeps with no interruption. That's the first thing we see. The second thing we see is that God keeps without exception. God keeps without exception. And we see that in verse 5 and verse 6. Now the writer takes two great dangers, two opposite dangers here. There's the danger of the daytime and there's the danger of the night. Now if you were living in Israel, the daytime could be quite deadly. The sun was just so hot that it could sap you of your energy and you could very quickly be in a lot of trouble. 
The night time, of course, it's deadly because there's all sorts of dangers in the night time and they're all the more dangerous because you can't see them coming. And God says here, whether it's the daytime or whether it's the night time, I will keep you without exception. I have to say, these are exceptional times, aren't they? We have never experienced anything like this before. Our hospitals are not built to cope with this level of disaster. It's exceptional. And yet this psalm is telling us when it comes to God, there is no such thing as an exception. God keeps. He keeps even in a pandemic. This is not God saying that we'll never get sick. It's not God saying that if we just have enough faith, the virus isn't going to get us. That's not what God promises at all. We know that sickness is part of living in a fallen world. But God is promising here that nothing is going to happen that takes him by surprise. Nothing is going to happen that can snatch us from his hand. God keeps with no exceptions. So we've seen God keeps with no interruptions. God keeps with no exceptions. The final thing we see, God keeps with no end. God keeps with no end. And we're getting to the crux of the matter now. See, the writer of this psalm, he's not just concerned with the here and now. He's not just concerned with our physical health. He has his eye on something much, much better and much more important. Because ultimately, this psalm looks beyond our present life and it looks to eternal life. We see that in verse 8. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. What a comfort that is. The day is going to come for every single one of us when we pass from this life into the next. It seems that over the coming months, that day will come for many people much more quickly than they expected. And yet, if you are a Christian, God's keeping of you and God's watching over you will not be interrupted for even one second. Because God keeps both now and forevermore. Do you believe that? How do we know that this great promise is true? Well, we know it. Because it doesn't have to be this way, does it? God could have left us to keep ourselves safe. God could have left us to try and work things out ourselves. God could have left us to try and secure our own eternal life. But he didn't. He knew we couldn't do that. And so, to keep us and to watch over us, he sent us his own son. The Lord Jesus died in our place so that we can have this safety. 
My question is this, if Jesus died such a horrible death on the cross just so we could be kept, is God really going to let anything come between him and this keeping that he promises? Will God even let death stop him from watching over us? Surely not. And I think when we read verse 8, it helps us to understand verse 7. Because in verse 7, the writer is speaking about more than just life here on earth. He's speaking about eternal life. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. We have to understand this verse. It is not a blanket promise that COVID-19 will not harm us. But it is a promise that there is one thing that this virus can never take from us. And that is eternal life. If you're not a Christian this morning, I hope that this last week has reminded you just how fragile your life is. But I want you to know this morning that eternal life is anything but fragile. If you put your trust in the Lord Jesus, this perfect, everlasting keeping, this keeping without exception, without interruption, that can be yours. You just have to trust in the one who laid down his life so that we can have this keeping. If you are a Christian this morning, by all means, be concerned by the pandemic. By all means, weep as you hear of the death and the heartbreak around the world. But don't despair. Jesus tells us there is nothing that can snatch us from his father's hand. And so every time you see the news in this coming week, think of this psalm, and especially think of the close of this psalm. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore.